was from the artist Akon, and the song is called Locked Up, and that's how I'm feeling. How are you feeling? Are the lockdown restrictions coming back in your neck of the woods? What I miss the most are concerts, baseball games, and playing basketball at my local gym. I really miss that. It's good exercise, great group of friends, social interaction, competition. But hopefully with the vaccine coming soon, things will return to normal. One could only hope, right? Well, here in California, Governor Newsom has instituted a curfew. No non-essential travel from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Because that's when COVID is spread the most, right? From 10 p.m. to 5 a.m.? It's ridiculous. And it's so hard to keep up with the tiers out here. Some counties are in the purple tier, red tier, yellow tier. There's special rules for each color. It's very confusing for people and for businesses to try to keep up with the rules. And at this point, doesn't everyone know the dangers of COVID? Why can't we just trust people and stop being so paternalistic. If you're high risk and with good cause worried, especially since the rates are increasing and it's cold and flu season, you can stay home, order groceries online, you can pretty much do everything online. This is a free country and we should be letting people make their own decisions based on their risk factors. And the vast, vast majority of people don't take this lightly. I'm just getting really tired of these restrictions that don't make any sense, like the curfew. And meanwhile, the governor is breaking his own rules. Apparently, he attended some birthday party uh, with people of different households. And it's kind of, you know, do as I say, not as I do. But the restrictions that don't make any sense, those are the ones that bother me the most. I mean, I remember when baseball season first started, um, in the stands, they had these weird cardboard cutouts of fake fans. (laughs) And I remember thinking, well, what if we allow like, I don't know, 10 families and we space them way far apart and it's outdoors. You can even make them wear a mask. You can see how arbitrary these rules are. I mean, that's a ridiculous example, but um, it just shows how stupid these blanket restrictions are. I mean, there needs to be some flexibility. Like the beach restrictions. The governor, at one point, he shut down the parking lots and you had people in, in the area I live in 
um, parking on the side of a busy highway to go to the beach. There was cars swerving on the highway. It was very dangerous. Um, there was a time where you could not go surfing. And there was another time where from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., you could not go sit on the beach, even if you were 20 feet apart. It was just a blanket rule that you couldn't go sit on the beach during that time frame. It's not just the governor. A lot of these restrictions were local. And uh, these officials should be embarrassed by their actions. I mean, we've shut down the economy and seven months later, we're in the same boat. And perhaps the biggest tragedy of all this are what we have done with the school system. Why we couldn't figure out safe options to take care of our children is the most tragic part of this. I mean, limited class sizes, maybe bring them outdoors, weather permitting um, for certain age ranges. Maybe not, the, uh, <clears throat> maybe not the very young kids, but the kids that uh, know that they need to wear a mask and social distance. I mean, this could have been figured out. And I feel like we, we really could have done better as a state here in California and, and probably as a, as a country, I'm sure other states were similar. And just another thing that continues to drive me crazy are all these people pushing for the shutdowns are getting a paycheck. It's easy for them to say. They should be taking a pay cut every time they shut down a county, huh? Well... I'm still optimistic we're going to get through this. There's not only a vaccine on the way, but better treatment options. I do think more people are taking vitamins and trying to protect themselves during the cold and flu season. And again, most people I see out and about are being smart and wearing masks and social distancing. So hopefully the numbers start to go down. Okay, I'm digressing. I'm supposed to be talking about the election. Let's talk about the 2020 election. Let's talk about the House, the Senate, and the presidency. What a crazy election. As of today, it appears that the Democrats will keep control of the House, although Republicans did pick up several seats. The Senate is still up for grabs, believe it or not. It's 48-50. So right now, there's 48 Democrats in the Senate and 50 Republicans in the Senate. So you might ask yourself, Ian, how is it still up for grabs? Well, there's two runoffs in Georgia. So it was so close that they're going to have to do um, another vote, and I think it's early January um, with two seats up for grabs. So basically the Democrats have to win both those seats. Then it'll be a 50, 50 tie in the Senate. Now in the constitution, the vice president has the tie breaking vote, which will be a Democrat most likely. So you're looking at, uh, the Democrats need to win both those seats and then they can take control of the Senate. Um, not going to be easy, but it's possible. 
So let's turn to the presidential race. Some interesting facts. Biden is ahead by around 5.5 million votes in the popular vote. It's a pretty big margin. And also the electoral college, he's up big. But it really came down to five states that were pretty darn close. And that was Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. So Georgia was really, really close. Um, there was about 5 million votes casted. And it came down to about uh, 20,000 votes. Arizona was close. I think it was like 49.4% to 49.1%. Nevada was close, 50.1% to 47%. And Pennsylvania was very close too, 49.9% uh, to 48. 9%. So all five of those states, oh, and then there was Wisconsin. Wisconsin was close as well. Uh, about 3.2 million votes cast, and that one came down to about 20,000 votes as well. So all five of those states have been called for Biden, but if you look kind of deep into the numbers, extremely close in all five of those states, and if it would have went for, even if a couple of them went for Trump, he could have um, tipped the scales in the Electoral College. Another thing that blows my mind is that Trump won Florida and Ohio, and he still lost the election. Another thing that's interesting is Biden won Arizona and Georgia, two very red states. So President Trump is refusing to concede, to concede, although he has made some interesting remarks recently. Um, I think it's he's kind of softening his stance. I was listening to him um, during a press conference, and he said, um, whoever is the next president. Um, but on the other hand, his lawyers, like Giuliani, are filing lawsuits. Um, in these lawsuits, it's important to understand that there's basically two different arguments they're making. One is fraud, and the other is more technical, kind of good faith errors, um, technical arguments about, you know, postmarking and signature verifications, and was there enough poll watchers overseeing the voting process? and other sort of nuanced arguments under the Constitution. So the first one, fraud, I mean, fraud is a very serious allegation. You got to be careful when you throw that word around. Fraud is an intent to deceive, okay? So you're accusing somebody of an intentional act to deceive someone. And people can go to jail for this. I've done a lot of research on this subject on voter fraud. In fact, I remember the first essay, the first essay I ever wrote um, in law school was on this subject. So it sticks out in my mind and I did some research for this episode. Um, and historically in recent elections, 
if you go back further in our past, it gets really troublesome. There definitely was a lot of shenanigans. But in terms of recent elections, in terms of fraud, you are looking at numbers that are not even close to impacting the national election. They are negligible. And listen, if you're going to tell me that there was some huge conspiracy in states like Georgia and Arizona that are very red states and that there was fraud and high numbers impacting the election, I'm not buying it. Okay, I haven't seen any evidence of this, um, any sort of serious impact on the election. I trust the process and... Um, you know, people know fraud is illegal and they could face serious charges and, and most people overseeing this process understand that. The second argument they're making um, actually may have some merit under the law. We will see how that turns out. But it, it just kind of seems like sour grapes to, to some people. I mean, are we really going to throw away someone's vote because of some technicality wasn't postmarked timely? I, you know, I'm not sure how most people feel about that. But um, either way, you take a step back, and Biden won the popular vote by over 5 million. He's leading the Electoral College big, and it just seems very unlikely that the courts are going to reverse this. And if you're, if you're Trump, you got a lot of supporters. You got over 70 million votes. You can run again in four years. By the way, here's your trivia question for the day. Who was the only president to serve two non-consecutive terms? That was Grover Cleveland. He was our 22nd and 24th president. And he was the first Democrat elected after the Civil War. Remember, uh, Lincoln was a Republican. Okay, so, yeah, getting back to Trump, I mean, he has some good ideas, standing up to China and how they're ripping off American workers. Also, by the way, where did COVID come from? Why have we stopped talking about this? I'm still unclear about it. Did it come from a lab in China or did it come from some street market? Why have we stopped talking about this or investigating this? This has caused so many problems around the whole world, and I feel like we're just letting China off the hook. It's ridiculous. Uh, but getting back to some of the positive things that President Trump did, um, I mean, the fact that he got North Korea and South Korea to shake hands that's a big deal. I don't think that that has happened since the Korean War in the 1950s. So um, that's a big deal. There was also some, I think, some peace deals in the Middle East. Um, he's also one of the very few presidents to warn about the military-industrial complex. Remember Eisenhower's uh, famous farewell speech? where he warned about the military-industrial complex. So, I mean, I think Trump lost the election because he was terrible in the first debate. And most people probably didn't watch the other debates. 
Um, in the first debate, he kept interrupting. He was arrogant. It was annoying, frankly. Uh, Pence, in the in the vice presidential debate, he looked calm, cool, and collected in comparison. Trump should take some advice from his VP from the great state of Indiana, where I went to law school. I miss Indiana. Crossroads of America. I think I paid like 500 bucks a month for rent there. That was was about 12 years ago, but uh, I definitely understand why people are uh, moving out of California and New York in, in huge numbers. Cost of living is it's crazy out here. Well, I do hope that President Trump concedes as soon as possible for the good of the country. Um, I, I wonder if most Republicans secretly want Trump to concede. I mean, it might help in this uh, special election that we talked about in uh, January in Georgia, uh, where the fate of the Senate is uh, really depending on this election, which is so crucial. I mean, if Republicans keep control of the Senate, they still will have a very significant voice. And I hope that we also give the Biden administration a, a fair chance um, see who he puts in his cabinet. It's very important. I think he. I think Biden is seventy-eight. And um, you know, if you're unhappy, two years from now, there's another congressional election. And I think there is actually a lot of middle ground between most Americans. And really, the the presidency was set up by the founders with very limited powers. Same thing with the Supreme Court. But the presidency has grown over the years, um, especially the war powers. Congress is supposed to be the most powerful branch, the power to declare war and the power of the purse. Um, really, the president is the commander in chief and, and has the authority, you know, if there's like an imminent attack. But I feel like we've lost that over the years. Really, you know, Congress is supposed to de declare war and the founders set up the presidency as uh, you know, with limited power, they were worried about a dictatorship. And Congress has a lot of economic powers. You know, I, I think Congress, I really think that technology has kind of screwed up Congress. Back in the day, they would live there for several months. They'd eat, drink, and argue together like a family. Now they fly in and fly out and talk smack on Twitter. Maybe they should be forced to live there when COVID is over and eat together every night. <laughs> we definitely also need more presidential options. And I actually think we could do a quick, easy fix to this. We could have the Democrats put up two options. The Republicans put up two options and maybe put a libertarian in the mix. Let's have five options. A lot of people like the libertarian ideologies, but uh, they never really get on the ballot, huh? 
Well, another thing that bothered me about the election was how complicated the propositions were here in California. I mean, I'm a lawyer, and it's I really tried hard to understand all of them, and some of these were really complex. Um, I don't know why the laws have become so complicated. It should be easy to read and, and more understandable. Uh, the Constitution, for example, is actually a very short document. It's amazing, really. Um, you think about how difficult society is to manage. Um, I think it was Thomas Hobbes. He said the state of nature is nasty, brutish, and short. And if you look at the words of our Constitution, you look at the words of this document, and not necessarily the people who wrote it, but just the document itself, it is an absolutely beautiful document. It provides the checks and balances on the government, as well as individual liberties for the people, and self-governance. You could probably find out and talk to, to your local congressman or woman if you want. And it gets, I mean, when you look at the state elections too, your state senators or your state assemblyman or woman, um, your local supervisor, the beautiful thing about the framework of the Constitution is it's self-governance and you really can get involved. We need to stick together because the only people who win when we try to tear each other down or complain about the process are foreign governments. So let's stick together. Let's move on. Let's stay safe. Let's be smart. Talk kindly to one another. These are tips for me, Ian. All right. Check out my website. I got some interesting articles up there. Um, I, I put an article about some judicial challenges to uh, Governor Newsom's restrictions. I got an article up there about the Parler CEO. And, and for those of you who don't know, Parler, I guess, is um, a social media platform that's being set up in response to all the censorship on Twitter. Kind of an interesting article to read. Um, Give me a rating on Apple Podcasts, please. If you are, uh, and if you are a podcast junkie, check out Patreon. Subscribe to Lockdown Law on Patreon. There's some really cool podcasts on there um, on Patreon. My my two favorite right now are one of them's called Small Town Dicks, and it's about these uh, detectives that are telling stories of cases they worked on. I love it. Another one that I'm listening to is Swindled. It's kind of out there, but um, it's about con artists and uh, interesting podcast. So uh, the other thing that's neat about Patreon is you can communicate with other listeners. So really appreciate your support. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and thanks for listening to this episode of Lockdown Law. The information provided in this podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials available on this podcast 
are for general informational purposes only. Information in this podcast may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. Listeners of this podcast should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter. No reader or listener to this podcast should act or refrain from acting on the basis of information on this podcast without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information contained herein and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation. Use of and access to this podcast or any of the resources contained within the podcast do not create an attorney-client relationship. The views expressed at or through this podcast are those of the individual author writing in their individual capacities only, not those of their respective employers. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this podcast are hereby expressly disclaimed. The content on this posting is provided as is. No representations are made that the content is error-free.